0: Hi, this is Eric Chase, afternoon host on Cumulus Media Toledo's Q105 and your host for 68 Words. This episode, we catch up with a media friend of mine, WTOL 11's meteorologist, Ryan Weekman. Perhaps you're familiar with his group, Wood County Plays, and the two inclusive playgrounds they've constructed. The inspiration behind those efforts is Ryan's son, Grant.
1: He has this genetic condition called Schaff-Yang syndrome where a tiny part of his chromosome sequencing is just kind of miswritten. Like I said, there's only about 200 people in the world that we know of that have it. He's obviously incredibly happy. We've we've been very lucky to have a lot of good support, a lot of good uh, doctors along the way that have helped us out. And, you know, he's never really um, plateaued. He's always been one that we call it on grants time. He keeps making steps. He keeps making milestones. They're obviously just delayed. And um, he's a very determined kid. He sees what his peers are doing. And by golly, he has to be in the middle of that. And he wants to do it.
0: People, places, and spaces, doing disability differently, sharing sure. First hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that spoke the disability rights movement, learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James, and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center. And welcome to 68 words. Hi, and welcome to another episode of 68 Words. You are going to hear a very familiar voice in just a couple of moments here as we welcome our latest guest. It is the very tall, very meteorological Ryan Weekman from WTOL. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. No green screen behind me today, but prepared to have a good time. Yeah, let's talk. uh, Let's first jump in. Uh, Not that long ago, there was a Lunch and Learn here with our friends at the Metro Parks. They have thought adaptability, uh, inclusivity. They have some really neat, gadgets. I've seen our executive director here, Stuart, riding in this tank type chair. so <laughs> not cool? He can go all terrain. Yeah, yeah we could definitely take that to the
1: library takeover with that type of vehicle. You can do a lot of takeovers. You could take over anything you wanted, not just the library with that. But how cool is that? Because one of the most intimidating environments when you think accessibility is the great outdoors. But yeah. who doesn't want to spend time outdoors? And we have Metro Parks five miles from every resident here in Toledo. So
0: give me on your scale, and we'll dive into why you have such a wonderful perspective with this. Um, When you go to different metro parks, uh, what kind of grade would you give them on being as adaptive and inclusive as possible?
1: Well, a lot of them are incredibly inclusive and adaptive in the sense that we have trails that go all throughout the metro parks. A lot of them are paved, which is a number one big thing. They obviously have a lot of accessibility. I obviously have a mind for playgrounds with the work I've done with Wood County Plays, and all of them having some degree of poured rubber now on the playgrounds. That's obviously a huge hit, because if you have a kid, you go to a metro park, the adults are thinking, cool, we're in the great outdoors. The kids are thinking, cool, we're outside. Oh, look, there's a playground. Let's go run over there, which is great, because the metro parks have fantastic uh, playgrounds. But the adaptive events that they have as mm-hmm. well, thinking about the uh, the kayak events, the canoeing events that they have, um, and the ability to have that um, available to the general public, not just available, but pushing that on the public, it's something because I think it's a little discounted at times where you know an organization or an event might have an accessibility device available for you, but it, you don't wanna be the pain who's like, hey, can we go borrow that? Can we use that? The Metro Parks not only is saying, hey, we have this equipment available, we're encouraging you, we're asking you to come use it, and, and that's something that is a very positive influence when you want to go out and explore the outdoors.
0: It's not something these devices, it's not something that's marginalized. Yes. It's part of the experience itself, so you don't have to go ask for it. You can just go use
1: it. And when we look at that tank. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. It's people, a tank. People going by don't go, oh, that's a person who has to use that. They go, sweet, look yes. at that thing. Yeah. So that's a cool thing, too.
0: Uh, did you and your family make it out to the skating ribbon? We have not
1: made it out there yet, okay. but I've heard it's really cool. It is. I, you and I might be the only two people who didn't make it out. We went to go for the sign-up, but it was so booked up we, we yeah. weren't able to get it. But it's going to be opened up, but, well, not this summer. It'll,
0: it'll, it, so what I've been told okay. is it'll be, because I've asked to have a roller skating party there. Oh. So it'll be a skating ribbon, skateboarding things um, with the grand opening, I think soon. And then once the winter kicks in, the ice skating ribbon sure. will have its official opening. Even if we don't have real winter like last year we need to give you like where do i slip the money for that (laughs) you know what let's dive into your your work work for one second because i've been i haven't seen anybody tweet this out i know that we were around like nine inches after the new year oh yeah yeah, what's the seasonal total of
1: snowfall we got being the nerd i am i know this off the top of my head 14.1 inches it's the third least amount of snow we've Ever had in Northwest Ohio history for uh, for a single season. Now, if you go just across the border into Southeastern Michigan, I know we have some listeners that'll be up there. They're saying uh, we got way more than yeah. that. Like Thirty miles made a huge difference this year, but Toledo just nope didn't happen in a uh, in in 140
0: characters in tweet length. <laughs> why why did that happen? Is some jet stream reason?
1: Biggest reason that it happened, yes. Um, you heard the the West Coast got the snow. Yeah. By the time that those storms moved east, we were just a little bit too warm. Again, a few miles made a huge difference. Yeah,
0: good work out of you. We're all really impressed. You, you like the the lower snow? Absolutely. I mean, really? fourteen is practically a miracle. We usually get in the, we average in the thirties, right? Yeah, right around right around a yard,
1: so around thirty six inches.
0: We've we've had we will get back to adaptive inclusivity and why Ryan is here in just a second. But we would be remiss if we didn't pick your meteorological. Nerdy weather brain, right? Yes. Um, Got what? my geek glasses on. Uh, <laughs> y- y- it, it, we've actually had a couple of mild winters recently, temperature-wise, as opposed yeah. to the middle of the last decade, right. where you were dropping like uh, negative wind chills at us.
1: The 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 Arctic hammer. Yeah.
0: We ran out of we ran out of scary Arctic words to use, right? We did. the polar.
1: That's when the polar vortex polar was vortex. Huge. Yes, that, yeah. was the, that was one of the big ones. Snowmageddon, uh, 2014, 2015, Those were the the absolute most awesome winters ever <laughs> in some ways. I for, loved them. For you, yes, because that's when you're busiest, right? Yes, absolutely. I will say those winters, even by the end, I was like waving the white flag. I'm like, okay, that's enough. But It's bad when it's
0: I remember it. And granted, I, I have a media job too. I think we were like 88 or 92 inches one of those years.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think oh. the total was like 88 inches and that was by far the snowiest winter. Everybody always compares any winter to the blizzard of 78 or the right. winter of 78 uh, and we surpassed that winter. So that's really saying something.
0: Let me Let me use this to segue into, uh, we'll talk about Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll rewind and do Grant's origin story um, in a moment. But uh, you have a son yes. um, who, what's, what's Grant's uh, disability?
1: So he has a genetic condition. It's called Schaff-Yang syndrome. Very rare. Uh, only about 200 kids in the whole world that have it so um, it's just something that we found out very young when he wasn't reaching some of his milestones when he was only six months old
0: and he's racing around
1: now like a typical little kid right he's uh, he's good speaking of uh, tanks and bulldozers <laughs> yes he's <laughs> yeah he loves it so uh, he's got a wheelchair now that helps him on some of the longer stretches he's gonna getting good at one hand uh, walking with a, with a, a para or one of us helping him out uh, but boy oh boy he's on a tear he's into everything and and Um, he's just a a six-year-old that's you know, going to destroy the world in some way, shape or form as they all seem to. Thank do. goodness. These playgrounds are now
0: like rubberized because <laughs> you and I, we have elbow scrapes and knee scrapes. Yeah. When, when there is uh, winter weather like that, um, it, it's gotta be a bit more challenging for him. I mean, he, he wants to go do snowball fights or like things like oh we want to do. Yes. How, how does the treacherous winter weather impact him and what he's got to bat- battle on a daily basis? So number one, the hardest part for us, because
1: he wears AFOs, the boots, okay. um, finding, finding, Uh, snow boots that will fit over the top of it. That's number one hardest thing to do because as we found out when we were kids playing in the snow, it's great for about the first five minutes and then you get snow down the back of your shirt or something, it starts to melt, that's terrible. So trying to stay dry is one of the hardest parts. He loves sledding. He's an adrenaline junkie. Uh, So we love going over to the metro parks at Sidecut Metro Park. They've got the stairs that you can use there. Uh, So that's been a big game changer for us because when he was younger, I could lift him up, take him back up. Now I can't do that. Um, So we love going sledding. Um, And then sometimes we just have to take the snow inside. So we'll take uh, cookie trays and we'll scoop a whole bunch of snow onto it. And then we'll sit there and we'll just play with the snow at the kitchen table or something like that. So that's more of the adaptive things that we can do versus, you know, staying out in the snow. Sometimes we'll build an igloo. That's really fun, too. And then we can crawl inside of there. Something uh, that someone here at the Ability Center
0: said a long time ago has has resonated with me. I do the same stuff as everybody else and just do it a little bit differently. Yeah. That's what you just explained. Exactly. We make snow soup. uh, Let's talk a little bit about... uh, Grant's uh, rare uh, mm-hmm. condition. Give me that the the beginning of that when you and your wife
1: found out and how things got going for you. So we we were honestly me and my wife we were fairly ignorant at first. You know we had a we had a six month old who wasn't really crawling around and we thought oh well he's just you know a little delayed he's six months old we didn't realize what some of the milestones he should have been hitting at the time. Thank goodness we had a wonderful babysitter Kyle who um, had worked in childcare previously and it was like um there's something that's not quite right here. Let's go get this checked out. Um, And, you know, it took a few months of trying to figure out exactly what was happening. Eventually, we did a a full genetic testing because that's what the doctor recommended. And we come to find out he has this genetic condition called Shaf yang syndrome, where a tiny part of his chromosome sequencing is just kind of miswritten. And like I said, there's only about 200 people in the world that we know of that have it. And the craziest part is that I think is that I actually have this same I don't want to call it a, a defect but you know there's a miswritten part in my chromosome but it's all based on which side of your DNA is turned on in with your paternal DNA and so mine is turned off and his is turned on and so I think it's crazy to think that I have the exact same you know, thing floating around in me that he does, but based on just the way that things work with our bodies, that that he is affected in such a way. But um, he's obviously incredibly happy. We've we've been very lucky to have a lot of good support, a lot of good uh, doctors along the way that have helped us out. And you know, he's never really. Um, Plateaued. He's always been one that we call it on Grant's time. He keeps making steps. He keeps making milestones. They're obviously just delayed. And um, he's a very determined kid. He sees what his peers are doing. And by golly, he has to be in the middle of that and he wants to do it too.
0: Has that caused any broken bones or tumbles or
1: (laughs) painful issues? Tumbles, yes. Thankfully. (laughs) knock on wood no broken bones yet some trips to the er yes um but that's you know first of all that's just the way life goes and second of all he's a boy yeah we're probably gonna have trips to the er anyway so that's kind of the way we look at it we try to do it as safe as possible but it's gonna happen
0: when when did you see that determination in him knowing that you and your wife have some challenges
1: but he definitely wants to be part of making himself like every other kid his entire life really? and that's part of what was really frustrating at first before we had the diagnosis was he's he from a very young age can look around him and see oh other kids are crawling other kids are playing games he wants to go do it and it was very frustrating as parents to realize that he didn't have the stamina to even crawl across a room and do that or lift his head and do that so uh at first it was frustrating um, at times it's very inspiring because we know how tired he is. He doesn't want to give up. Um, At times, you kind of have to pull him back just for his own safety because he's so tired. Um, But we know long-term, he's going to be just fine because he's got a grit and determination burning inside of him.
0: Um, How does uh, managing Grant uh, and what you've learned throughout this journey make you A better part of our community, which (laughs) you are. You and I are out all the time. We're me. People think I just sit behind the microphone and you're standing in front of the green screen telling people how awful the weather is.
1: I actually sleep at a green screen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, where should we be tonight? Yeah. Uh, would you like to be in the desert? Would you like to be in something like cabin-like? So we can be wherever we want, yeah, to green I, screen. I love it, I love it. What's it like when you're out in the community? How has it changed your perspective um, navigating things with Grant out when you're out places now? Well, the number one thing, I
1: think from just my professional perspective, number one is empathy. I see the world in a very different light before. I like to think I was always compassionate for all members of our community, but the fact is that's grown exponentially. I don't understand what everybody's going through, but I understand everybody's going through something, whether that's a accessibility accessibility disability, whether that's a mental health issue, whether that's um, anything. And I think just from a human being standpoint, I've grown a lot to understand everybody's going through something i might not understand it but being there just as a human being is important going out in the world with grant um is great honestly most of the time i mean it takes a little bit we're kind of on grant time it it just takes a little bit more time to to get out of the car get the wheelchair loaded up and do things um but honestly it makes you slow down too there's times where i feel like we would have rushed through life we would have rushed through a day and we might not have noticed certain things happening. We might not have, you know, you just take certain things for granted. And sometimes it's kind of nice to slow down. So sure. That's that's a benefit as well. What's
0: the closest you guys have come to an encounter with someone who has something similar to Grant? I know you said there's only like 200 in the world. Is there anything yeah. similar? Is there like a little gang that Grant has created?
1: <laughs> so they, they do a little get together. The Shafiang Group does a little get together. Um, that sounds like a mafia thing. It really kind of does. And it's in Chicago. <laughs> So we do deep dish pizzas. Um, Grant now, Capone. We haven't we haven't gotten to meet them face to face. Obviously with the with the pandemic, the last two years it's been a hot mess. But um, there's Facebook group that that has been very helpful. Um, but if you go look up Yang and you look at the kids that have it, we are on the very fortunate end of where he lies as far as abilities. Uh, something like ninety percent of the children that have Yang are on feeding tubes and mm-hmm. things, and and that's something that I'm very empathetic about. We never had to do that with Grant, but I can only imagine um the level of care that that takes and so that's nothing that we've had to deal with so even within this subset of saying there's only 200 people in the world that have that that we know of that have this genetic condition we can still find positives in that and his abilities
0: another fun kid thing i want to ask um you know what the marshmallow test is no but it
1: sounds fun is it fun Tell
0: me it's fun. Uh, I think they take sets of, I think it's an experiment. It's like 60 years old. They leave different sets of kids with uh, a marshmallow and they say, uh, if you don't eat it in 10 minutes, you can have two. Yeah. But if you eat it, you have the immediate reward of it.
1: Oh, his would be gone.
0: That's what I want. So uh, we're sticking we're sticking Grant in a room, and oh man, and you could say, Grant, you cannot eat if you don't eat this for ten minutes. I will give you double when you're done. What's the one food he would vanquish in like thirty
1: seconds? Oh my gosh, he's just, well, he's just a kid. If you put like a pizza, chicken, tacos, oh, pizza, chicken nugget, oh chicken nuggets with like Chick fil A sauce, gone, <laughs> just gone. Uh, candy, you know, you he might surprise you though. He he is a six year old. He surprises us sometimes. He he doesn't forget things. If you notice, kids don't forget things sometimes when you tell them there's a reward. If you're like, let's say we're at the playground and we're like, um, come on, we'll go home and we'll we'll get ice cream. And then you go run like seven errands or something on Could the way home. And you're cream. like, yeah, they won't for- they- well, he doesn't forget about it. And then you get home and, and you're putting groceries away and they're like, um, and they like stick their hand I'm like, what do you want? Like, uh, you told me I'd get ice cream. And like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Like, they don't forget those things. So. There were
0: four nuggets last time, not just two. That's a real thing. He counts nuggets.
1: Yeah, that's a real thing. Um,
0: you talked about some organizations and some places that helped you out with the the onset of this. What are some of those organizations? And if not, obviously, Grant's um, condition is so rare. Other kids like him or just other organizations you become aware of that you push to other people saying, hey, give them a call?
1: There are saints, I believe, that work in some of these organizations like the Lucas County Board of Developmental Disabilities, Early Intervention, Wood County Board of Developmental Disabilities. Um, There are people... Um, who have gone through a lot of things through their life. And there are some in those groups who haven't necessarily in their personal experience outside of what they've done professionally. And they laid down a roadmap for us and they gave us resources early on where we didn't even know what we were doing. We didn't understand, you know, Grant not being able to lift up his head. How can we do therapy sessions at home to work with him? The fact that these organizations exist and are pushing, you know, hey, if your kid isn't hitting milestones, we want to be able to hear and help us. They were a godsend. There were days that me and Kaylee, my wife, we would come home you would just sit there and, and you're almost like shell-shocked. You're in disbelief. You're like, what are we, what are we going to do? We have, a, we have a nine-month-old, a one-year-old kid who can't even hardly hold his head up. What is this life going to look like for him? What is this life going to look like for us? And at times, you do hit some rock bottoms in there. And instead of staying there, these organizations help lift you up. And, and early on in the process, I give them a lot of credit for our positive outlook that we have.
0: What are they? The names. Um, of individuals? You can do that, but these these organizations that yeah. you spoke
1: of. Lucas County Board of DD, okay. early intervention, um, the, the playgroups that they had. It was so important for us to see, uh, I believe they were over at the Ann Grady Center at the time, but it was so important for us to see in these playgroups that we weren't alone. It At times can feel so alone, and you feel like nobody in the world can understand what we're going through. And then you go to these playgroups and you see some kids that are similar, some kids that are maybe hitting milestones faster, and some kids that are hitting milestones slower. And you realize, oh, there is a community out there and there are other people and parents going through this. And there's, there's parents of older kids who've been going through this a lot longer than we have. And guess what? They're doing just fine. They have their good days, they have their bad days, just like we do. And that's inspiration, I think. Uh, and it's something that we can pass down to more parents, too.
0: What What is something that you find yourself coming back to for advice when you come across parents who might have a similar plight to
1: what you've had or what you're still going through? Number one thing I tell them is it's okay that you're going to have bad days. There's going to, there's going to be days that's where— That's life. That's life. Of course we know that. And there's going to be days where you feel like— what are we going to do? And if you can get through those days and you, you're you going to find yourself in the next week probably laughing and saying, remember when I felt like we couldn't do this? And all of a sudden your kid hits a new milestone. And you're like, we've got this. You know, we've got this. The number one thing is have fun when you hit the milestones. Have fun when you when you hit the highs. Don't let the lows get too low. Don't let the highs get too high. It's a long ride. And so um, enjoy it as you go and certainly celebrate the things, but don't let yourself get too low. Don't let yourself get too high. It's 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 a long journey.
0: I thought you were going to say the first thing you suggest to parents is, let me tell you about what county plays in our <laughs> inclusive playgrounds. We'll come back well, to that. Do that. Um, what are some of those milestones that you and, uh, you and your wife have high-fived and high-fived Grant over mm-hmm. in, in recent years? Um, his
1: first time sitting up. That was really cool. Unfortunately, he didn't do it in front of us. But the daycare we were at, Sensational Kids, shout out, God sent. They're phenomenal over there. Um they uh, sent us a video of him very first time sitting up. And that was just one of those moments we had gone through a lot of doctor's appointments, we'd gone through, and that's something else a lot of people don't talk about is there's a lot of, there's just a lot of doctor's appointments. Sometimes they're just routine checkups, but boy, to maintain a quote unquote professional normal life and to be able to take your child to the services that they need is almost a near impossibility. And so, Getting getting in with a great daycare, a great sitter, somebody you know that they're safe with, and to be able to keep a, quote-unquote, normal professional life is something that we don't take for granted either. There were days that I thought for sure, I love my job. Eric, you know I love my job. I love doing you the do. weather. There was a day where I thought I was about a week away from having to just be done. And that's what we would do for our kids. Yeah, you do have that. It's what I've wanted to do since fourth grade, and here I was a few years into it, and I was ready to give it all up. It's what we do as parents. But, yeah. But we were very fortunate. We found some great, great outlets for Grant. Um, so, so sitting up, it's just the the small things. Um, of course, taking the, his first steps. He did it with a walker, and um, but now with the with some of our playgrounds, it's really cool with the poured rubber we're able to let him go completely. We watch him very closely, but he's now walking on his own. And if he falls over, we try to catch him obviously, but if he falls under rubber, it'll be a lot better than falling on concrete yeah. or gravel or something like that. So um, we still have a video of those two things and those those were were really big things. Excellent.
0: It's easy to dive into those helpful people <laughs> when you have that massive media salary that we're both uh, very lucky to have, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And the, fle- and
1: the flexibility on shows, right? Absolutely. The show goes like, on at a certain time. You better be back for it. That's the
0: good thing, though. Like, when we're on, we have to be there. But I, I at least know, I'm, look, I'm here, so. But we, do, we both do love our jobs. And yeah. it, it's. I know what it's like to, I don't have the family that you have. But I know when we have to make those tough decisions. And something that you keep alluding to um, is kind of a maximum of mine. Uh, we are far more resilient than we give ourselves credit for. We say we can't do it, but we have to do it. We get through it. And we look back and go, I—I I was my part of me was lying to me. I knew I could do it all along. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the, the Ability Center. Tell me about some of your your experiences, your interactions with uh, all the great people here. So the Ability Center has been phenomenal because. You know, we've we first started the idea of building these playgrounds a couple years ago, and somebody was like, "Well, reach out to the Ability Center." We had known about them, obviously, for the dog program, for the loan out center, um, and we're like, "Oh, do you think they'd be interested in doing?" It? And they're like, "Yeah, they've helped out with other playgrounds, helping design it and resources." Um, and so, a number of people have helped us out with um, you know specific design issues, and then obviously, the Ability Center has been a phenomenal financial supporter as well of these playgrounds, and that goes a long way for the rest of the community as well, because when you have an organization like the Ability Center with the longevity and the, the standing in the community and you say, well, here's a letter of support from the Ability Center, you don't have to say anymore you know, as an organization. If people hear that in our area, they know you're legitimate and they know that you've put in your homework because the Ability Center is backing you. And that's a really powerful tool. It's almost like the beacon of the community when it comes to accessibility is the Ability Center. And people know that if the Ability Center endorses you, That's a green check. You're good to go.
0: Wood County Plays, uh, there are two inclusive playgrounds Mm -hmm. up. uh, The Perrysburg one that maybe people are
1: most familiar with because it's about two years old now, three years old? Yeah, it opened in, uh, let's see, 20. Well, it would have been during the pandemic, the first year of the pandemic. uh, So 2020. So, yeah, it's getting on to be three years old now, I believe.
0: Any idea how many kids run through
1: there? over the? Oh, my gosh. Lots. Uh (laughs) It's just a blur. (laughs) It really is. So the parking lot's refinished. We we got new handicaps cap spots up front, so it's phenomenal for parking if people are intimidated about that. Um, I would say at any given time, let's say it's like an 80 degree day Mm -hmm. and it's going to be the month of May, I would say you would have upwards of maybe Seventy-five, hundred kids out there at a time outside of school time. So you're it's pro- crazy.
0: Maybe serving what? Maybe between five and ten thousand kids a year, if not more.
1: We yeah. estimate that just because of the service area. It also is really highly visible because um, you know that used to be a green open field right there uh, when you pass it by on four seventy-five. Now there's like this big vibrant playground. Yeah. And you see lots of cars out there, and, and I think anybody who drives by goes, uh, "What is that?" And you do a little research, um, and you see it. So that's been open for a couple of years, and now for the last six months. Uh, Our Bowling Green, our Rally Cap Sports Inclusive Playground down at Carter Parks opened up. What was the impetus behind um, doing another
0: one? Had you always wanted to do one in BG?
1: So we had. So we um, are just going where the the service is needed the most. Um, So what we did is we took it surprising, an analytics approach to this. I know with my geeky brain, that's surprising. But we went to the Board of DD down in Wood County, and we said, who who do you serve the most? Where is the most need in the entire county of, of Wood County? And it was very clear early on, Perrysburg is where the most families getting services are located. And it's like, okay, well, this makes sense. We kind of wanted to do it here anyway, so that makes sense. Where's number two? Number two is Bowling Green. And not only did it make sense to go to Bowling Green from a service standpoint, but we weren't even done with Perrysburg yet. And uh, we had just done the grand opening. Uh, A couple officials from the city of BG literally came up to me and were handing me business cards and were like, hey, uh, we're going to do this in Bowling Green. We want you to do this. Um, And we've got a little funding set aside here. Let's make this. Happened. So the idea of doing another one inside of a year, which is basically what we did, was a little bit crazy. Uh, I don't think we're going to be doing that again uh, because we are just parents. Our entire board, there's 10 of us, uh, we are just parents uh, or family members. Um, and so, you know, we're doing this on a complete 100% volunteer basis. Uh, but over the course of Four years, roughly, we've been um, an organization now, Wood County Plays, we've been able to build two playgrounds, raise over $1.5 million, and our overhead costs, because we do everything on a volunteer basis, I would, off the top of my head, say probably less than 1000 or $2,000 out of $1.5 million. So, everything that we fundraise is going straight back to those playgrounds
0: where might be next has anyone else uh already reached out to you asking to franchise the weakman and what your franchise fee
1: is (laughs) we we've been reached out to by a number of communities and so number one uh we're taking a little bit of a step back because we can't do another one right away. Like it's just it's it's a it's a huge time commitment. It's it's really big. You know, people see the build week and they see the equipment going up and then they see it opening. But it's a solid six month to two year sort of commitment to to build a playground from a complete volunteer fundraising standpoint. Um, so we have an idea of where we're going next. We're not ready to release it just Ugh. yet. Sorry, uh, but we have an idea of where we're going next. Um, and something else we're going to do. I will tell you this. We're going to be releasing this summer, you know, there's, there's, there's two things when we think about playgrounds. Number one, we think about community playgrounds, right? Co- kids are free to play on community playgrounds or public spaces. I'll ask you this without any heads up on it. Where's the other place that kids play on playgrounds?
0: The other place that kids play on playgrounds? Outside of just a public park. The only thing that's coming to me is basketball courts. Well, what about
1: when they go to schools? A kid has to go to school, right? Yeah. You, like playgrounds at schools? Yeah. So we want to provide the opportunity for teachers and districts to apply for funding, potentially, if they have a specific need, because we've been reached out to by some, for pieces of accessible equipment at those schools. Because a community playground, as great as it is, you can choose to come or go. Mm-hmm. A child has to go to school. Imagine being a kid at that school and there's no equipment for you to play on. Yeah. And so we want to try to change that at the districts. We're starting in Wood County, and we'll be releasing some information on that. So you're the first to hear it. That's why you listen to this podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> first to hear about it. Um, but we want to open that opportunity. We're going to start it small first, see how the pilot program goes, and then we're hoping to expand that out um, because no child should feel bad about going to school and feel bad about recess. Recess is the best part of school. We want we want them to have fun. Depends. Lunch. You were a lunch guy. I like lunch. Yeah, okay. and, and lunch I, is good.
0: And I liked some of my classes too. That's ha- fair. Have you solved uh, the problem that we had as kids? Uh, well, you got the cement solved. Now you can bounce off the rubber. Yeah. What about like a. Uh, how the monkey bars and things like that were, were made where you literally
1: come away with like scrapes and rusts, and it was like daggers. gross on your hands yeah. you, and everything Did you like fix that? So we have powder we use powder coating uh, on all of our equipment so I think we've mostly taken care of that okay. but I don't care what you put on it I still couldn't get across the monkey bars. The only way I could do it is when I got tall enough finally and put <laughs> on my tippy toes. <laughs> and walk that way. Yeah. Um. Last serious question
0: when you were out in the community it's uh like you're when you're watching other uh, meteorologists, that you said you were in Florida not long ago, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. know you flipped on the news and you wanted to see the meteorologist, right? Not as much as you'd think, but a little bit, a little bit, little bit. a little you, bit. You're kind of critiquing them, yeah, little a little bit. bit. It's fun when you're out being adaptive, dad. And yeah. now that your brain is about in- inclusivity and what you've been through with Graham, oh, begin- what, I see, I what see are, where this is
1: going? Yeah, I don't
0: want you to call anybody Apple. Well, no, I like this. What, what like are those. some <laughs> critiques, some advice you can offer to? public places private businesses and to make them better because again this is why we do this it's 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 free
1: insight free advice number one if a park and recs division or city manager or anybody that's thinking about building a playground or improving their playgrounds is out there listening get a hold of me i'd be happy to talk to you one-on-one but number one thing i say about every single playground is this if you go to a playground and it's got, you know, the stairs or the ramping, and it goes up to this big slide at the top, right? Mm-hmm. What does every kid want to go to immediately? The top? The top! Okay. Don't build a playground where the top is not accessible. Okay. Every kid, I don't care if that kid's in a wheelchair, or a walker, or an accessible device of any type, they want to do the high stuff. A playground is not a bubble wrap factory, I like to say. It's a place for kids to take risks and find out their limits. Kids in walkers, wheelchairs, accessible devices, and adults as well, they like to test their limits as well. Just because they're in those devices doesn't mean they're necessarily fragile human beings. They like to have fun as well. So let's build all risk levels available for all human beings, All kids, and let's just have fun on playgrounds.
0: How about wider than that? Just across the public, if we're talking sidewalks, businesses, malls, food trucks, whatever. How can people be better
1: at inclusivity? So think about this. We think of ramping as, let's say you own an older business and ramping wasn't included in it, and now you're looking at the cost of it. Ramping in those locations wins for everybody because it's not just wheelchairs that need accessibility. If you have a parent who has three kids, one infant, and they're using a stroller to get around, that's probably, for most stores, one of your key demographics. Mm -hmm. You should make it as easy as possible for those people to get into your store ramping that works for wheelchairs and accessibility devices works just as well for strollers. And when you make it easy for one person to get inside, you make it easy for all people to get inside. And when you build these inviting, accessible spaces, you're going to find people saying, oh, well, this was really easy. Oh, this was really nice. Versus, oh, that was a real painter. I don't really want to visit that store because where are we going to park? i got to walk all the way down there. i got to go up the stairs. What am I going to do with the stroller? Am I going to take the kid out? I don't feel like, you know what I mean? So when you build accessible, everybody wins, not just a subgroup of people.
0: Like you said, do the data, do the analytics. Oh man, this is going to cost 50 grand. Yeah, but how much money are you keeping out by not making it easy for these people to come into your business? Exactly. And highlight those things. It's okay Mm -hmm. to highlight those things too when you build them. What do you do when you're not in front of the green screen or doing (laughs) grant time or with your wife? Or playground. Or playground. In the seven minutes a day you have to yourself, what do you do? what it feels like. Um, Do you have a hobby?
1: Well, for about three years, it was building playgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've gotten into a little bit of woodworking lately. It's okay. been kind of fun working with my hands a little bit. The playground's give me a little bit of confidence, like, oh, I can build things. Um, I'm doing some upgrades around the house right now, doing a little bit of work in the basement and stuff. That's been kind of fun. So um, that's kind of where I dabble at. We dream of, of vacations a lot, too. Uh, where does your wanderlust take you to? Oh man, uh, someplace warm. We okay. always find ourselves like, last in the week. Caribbean. Well, oh, well that was Disney. And by the way, you want to talk about doing a great job with accessibility, Disney, Disney World? Oh my goodness, are they great with accessibility. Good. Um, So we keep going back there time and again, uh, we fly Delta, they do a great job with accessibility as well. So uh, we call ourselves a little bit of Delta snobs. We live close to Detroit airport, so that makes it a little bit easier, Um, but I'm starting to get a little bit of the Europe itch. I've never been to Europe, I don't even know anybody who's really been to Europe, but I just think it'd be so cool to see some of these old cities. Yeah. I think it would be really neat.
0: We for, we forget because we're here. We look at our, our old buildings. You know, when I'm when I go home to Philadelphia, I find a lot more to do because it's the first city in the country. You yeah. go down to the Betsy Ross House, stuff like that, and you go, oh, Wow, history. this stuff! Yeah, this stuff is. 250 years old. And
1: you go over to Europe and like things are like 2,000 years old. And you're like, how is that still standing? Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by history. I guess I read a lot. I love history. Um, I have an ancestor who fought um, in the Civil War uh, on the Union side. You're just saying. On the Union side, <laughs> yes. Um, and um, was involved in a lot of major battles for about four years um, and actually took his money from the Civil War uh, that he earned um, and bought farmland. And that's where our family farm is in Henry County, still to this day and so um, I'm going through and retracing some of his steps visiting some of the battle sites and things It's, it's I find it wildly fascinating was that the great
0: Jebediah Otto Weekman
1: <laughs> Jebediah Springfield <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen yeah. Thanks so much for being here, Ryan Weekman. This was a pleasure. Um, I love being able to to share our message, our story. I hope it inspires. And and for any parents that are out there, um, you're going to make it through whatever you're going through, I promise.
0: This is Chief Armstrong of Toledo Fire and Rescue. 68 Words has been a production of the Ability Center, hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other
1: inquiries, please contact
0: info at Ability org until next time think differently Don't
1: think differently